Albert Fish. Oh my fucking god. Part two. Y'all listening to Old Timey Crimey. Crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your host, Christy and Scott. Hey, gumshoes. It's Old Timey Crimey. I feel icky already. I know, even just saying his name again. Yeah. You know, like... I wish I didn't have to. I'll be happy if I never have to say it again after today. I don't think I'm going to. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to. I'm, I I have used some of his rela- relaxation techniques. Um, <laughs> Please, God, no. <laughs> I have three needles jammed in my tank right now. And I'll tell you what. Whenever I jam lighter, uh, lighter fluid soaked cotton up my ass and light it on fire, if I'm not asleep in three minutes, it's been a really bad day. You know we're off to a raring start when I'm burying my face in my hands within, what, 45 seconds? 45 seconds That's is pretty good. That's a bearing start. I hope this isn't the first episode anybody has listened to. Self-high five. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, yeah. Welcome back to Old Timey Crimey. We're going to do part two of Albert Fish. If you have not listened to part one, you're definitely going to want to go and do that. Listen to the previous episode, catch up on all the horror, and listen to us traumatize the crap out of ourselves. This was a bad man. <laughs> yes. You're thinking, how bad could he have possibly been? He was a bad man. He was a bad, 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 bad man. But Hitler, the only reason Hitler is worse than him is the power that Hitler had. Yeah, he just he just liked to hurt people. He enjoyed hurting people. I mean, it, it, and, and himself. himself. Yeah, yeah. Pain basically was his guiding star. Pain, no matter whether it was his own or other people's, that was what he was always after. See, now here's here's a weird thought. Do you think somewhere in his twisted, fucked up, diseased, ridden mind? He was inflicting pain upon people because of the pleasure that pain gave him. It was him giving a gift to people. It's possible. It's possible. I think he just... But I think it was a gift to himself. Oh, yeah. I think he got a lot of enjoyment out of it. And... um, But I don't know. It's possible. I'm not trying to humanize him. Oh, no, 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 no. There's there's no humanizing to do. This this man lost every ounce of his humanity with, with the things that he did. Which, uh, just to do a quick recap... Oh, I don't want to. I know, right? We went over, uh, last week, Albert Fish and his horrible, horrible proclivities, his background, his upbringing, uh, his uh, later family life, and a couple of the terrible, terrible acts that he did as an adult. And where we left off, he had just met the Bud family of uh, New York City and had taken their 10-year-old daughter, Grace, uh, off on the pretense of going to a birthday party, a child's birthday party. And she's all dressed up, and he... It's one of those things you wish you could go back in time, you know? If I get our time traveling machine and the laser cannon and go back and just blast this guy off the earth. How do you hurt somebody like Albert Fish, though? I don't care if he enjoys it as long as he's gone and can stop doing these things. That's true. That's true. Like, that's the main point. The main point is just no, it's not happening anymore. But unfortunately, it is happening. So. After he leaves with Grace, uh, he had uh, left a bundle at a newsstand uh, saying that he would come back and get it in an hour. So he returns to get the bundle, which, uh, just to review, there'll be a quiz later. The implements of hell. Butcher's knife, handsaw, meat cleaver. 
And he called, that's what he called them. This is not any editorializing on our part or anybody's part. He called them his implements of hell. So I think that he, I think just that, just the name of, of what he, how he described these, these instruments that he used to torture people and kill them. I think he wasn't necessarily thinking he was giving them any joy. <laughs> I, I, fuck, you know, it's, it's weird to think that he like, you know, everybody gives nicknames to like their car and stuff, and they sing little songs about their life. My car's name is Tiggy. Aw, see, <laughs> see, I had I had a smart car, a blue smart car, and everybody who sat in it was surprised how large smart cars were on the inside, because essentially you're riding on top of everything. I called it the smartest. <laughs> So yeah, people have names for stuff mm-hmm. that, I mean, he didn't name his implements of hell, like, you know, dotty, choppy, and I, these names aren't making any sense. You, you but know he did. You don't know he did. He called them his implements of hell. He called them the implements of hell. He would sing little songs about shit. He would, bisected penises, cocks tied with string. Son of these a These are a few of my favorite things. You know he did shit like that. That was some good off the, off the cuff rhyming. Thank you. Uh, it was unfortunate that uh, we had to do it. <laughs> we didn't have to do it. We didn't have to. I'm trying. I'm coping with humor, people. Yes, yes. Yeah, we have to cope with a little bit of humor. So, see, he stops off to get this bundle. And on Monday, this was Sunday that he, he took Grace and said he'd have her back by 9 o'clock and left a fictitious address. And on Monday... She's not back. And so they send her big brother, Edward, off to report her missing. And they do, they're they're taking it seriously. You know, they they have him look through the, they call it the rogues gallery. You know, it's basically the, the pictures of all the bad guys. And they they actually check the, the DMV records for, you know, as much, as quickly as you can check them in this mm-hmm. day and age, for the name Frank Howard. Um, because that was the name he gave them. They, they tried to uh, find the telegram to, tra- to trace it, because he had actually, one sneaky thing that he did, because he had sent a telegram the day before to say, oh, I won't be making it today, I'll come tomorrow to pick up Edward, his original target. Mm-hmm. So when he gets to the house on Sunday, to the apartment, uh, he sees the telegram on a, a table, or the mantle, one of the two, and... He happens to, he's, oh, is this the telegram I sent you? And, and Mr. Bud says, yeah. And he just casually grabs it and puts it in his pocket. So now, one less piece mm-hmm. of evidence to trace him. Never trust anybody who gives you two first names instead of a first name and a last name. Like Tom Arnold. <laughs> Never trust that. Isn't that right, Christy Baxter? I mean... Yeah, <laughs> you've got a point. You shouldn't trust me at all. I'm sneaky. Scott I mean, I'm not Albert Mo- Fish levels. Yeah, Thank Scott God. Mort. Shit. I mean, well, technically, it... Mort's a Mort's a first name. Mort's a first name. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Mort Mortimer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So don't trust us. <laughs> don't trust us. At I mean, all. you really shouldn't. Look what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we are not to be trusted if we can even talk about this shit. So once again. There's false leads. There's dead ends. There's another Frank Howard tracked down. Um, he was a farmer in Farmingdale, not New York, New Jersey. How ironic. A farmer in Farmingdale. It could only get better if his last name was Farmer. Absolutely. I am Frank on... Armour. I'm a farmer in Farmingdale. Welcome to Farmer Farms. <laughs> Farmer's Farms of Farmingdale. Exactly. <laughs> 
And he'd been dead for ten years. Damn it! I know, right? It was one thing after another. Fuck, zombie serial killers. Yeah. So even four of Grace's friends had seen her leaving with uh, the gray man, as, as he's, you know, sort of known. And they said that the two of them got into a blue car with Pennsylvania plates, and there was a man in the driver's seat wearing a straw hat. And... This is actually just another false lead. Um, So, you know, like, they're kids. They get things mixed up. Mm -hmm. You know, it happens. And so, yeah, this is just, there's there's a thousand missing persons notices sent all over the United States and Canada to all these police departments. They're put up all over New York City. And the thing is, is that when you have that happening, you have, and we've seen it before, we've seen it before in this case, false sightings. Tons of them. False arrests? I mean, the police oh, yeah. police arrested a 66-year-old superintendent, Charles Edward Pope, on September 5th of 1930. Uh, Pope's wife, his estranged wife, accused him. This poor man, he spent 108 days in jail, you know, based on based on just the his angry ex. I mean, we've all had angry exes. Yeah, and she she did she did say she's like, "Oh, he had a young girl with him the same day of the kidnapping." She went and she looked at pictures of Grace and she said, "Oh, that's the girl." And Delia Bud, uh, Grace's mother, she would go on to positive positively identify him, which she would then go on to positively identify nearly every man they put in front of her mm-hmm. that was possibly implicated. So it was it was the case of a desperate mother just looking for any sort of hope. I do not fault her at all. No, absolutely. The brain tricks itself. And in this case, uh, the, the, the wife had <laughs> described her husband so well to Delia Budd that, of course, if you hear a description of something, like, that was probably stuck in her head, you know? Here's the thing. 15 years ago, Jesus Christ, no more than 15 there was nothing over there. Okay, I thought you saw something over there. I was like, because then you said Jesus Christ, and I was like, what? No. What's in the room? <laughs> no, we're leaving that in. I'm not editing that out. Now I just kind of looked because I was doing math in my head. Mm. But in 1996, instead of saying 15 years ago, just in case, just in case somebody's listening to this and it's the year 2223. Also, 1996 is not 15 years ago. <laughs> no, it's not. I just I like to think it was only 15 right? years ago. 1996, that was shot in a mugging. Mm-hmm. I was shot. I can't tell you. I couldn't pick the two men out of a lineup, and they shot me. I wouldn't be able to pick them out of a lineup now. Even going back then, I don't think I could have been able to pick them out of a lineup. Yeah, human memory. We've talked about it before. Yeah. It's so fallible, and especially in cases of, of trauma, and, and when the, you're trying to desperately convince yourself that there's hope, and, and that this might be, you know, the truth might come out, and you might find your lost little girl. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't blame her one it bit. Was... She was kind of set up for it by Jesse Pope. Yeah, yeah. It's like, whenever all this is thrown in front of you, and you, part of me likes to think Jesse just made a mistake. Another part of me thinks that this is just a vindictive bitch who wanted to get back at her husband. Yeah, it really could be could be either way. Um, but they did find a lot of things that could be considered evidence. Not necessarily specific evidence, but some circumstantial evidence that something had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, they, he, he owned a farm. Apparently everybody either owns a farm or says they own a farm. Well, if you think about it, it's like 19, 1910, 1920, 1930, you know, it's around that era. It's still very rural in the, in the areas surrounding New York City. Exactly. We're talking, we're talking just about, just about 300 years, not that a blink in human history 
from the point whenever, what's your job? Well, I survive. What do you do? <laughs> I scavenge for berries. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they searched his farm, and there was a trunk with pictures of women and girls in sort of suggestive positions, poses, I guess I want to say. I have a lot of mag- magazine foreign pornography in my house. There you go. They so. found a bunch of uh, love letters. You're going to find a couple of those there in my go. house. How about three strands of hair tied with a, right, a white ribbon? No. I don't have that in my house. But still not unusual. Three strands of hair tied with a white ribbon. It would all depend. It would all depend on how much I was in love with, with the woman. Or if uh, it was a child that you kept as a keepsake. No. No. I don't have... I don't have all of my pornography is quite legal and moral, thank no, you. I am the, Scott, the Scott. hair, the oh. hair, not the porn. You didn't, you didn't keep child porn as a no. kid. No, no, I did not. That's what I was Scott talking about. Scott Mort, the moral pervert. <laughs> so yeah, they found like a, a pair of girls' stockings, and uh, Grace. She had actually been not too far from this farm just a year ago. She went to a sort of, she did a sort of program where they sent city kids out to live, you know, with farmers and in, in like a sort of a host family in the rural areas to you know, get them out of the city, get them into the fresh air, you know, get them active and everything. And just, just the last year. And then there was a story, a mechanic who was, was supposed to do some work for Pope he uh, he just kind of like walked into the house like because he was I think he was expecting to to meet Pope outside and Pope is in there had, had torn up some of the floorboards and is digging in the dirt under the under the floorboards so there was some potential evidence um, but the preliminary hearing really brought everything to light there were there were holes poked everywhere um, Jesse Pope described the outfit that the girl she had seen with her husband ex husband whatever um, had been wearing nope. It was not the one that Grace wore. Um, and yeah, it just, everything starts to really fall apart. All the clothing, turns out, you know, the, the stockings and, and any other clothing that they found, they were hand-me-downs that the Pope was going to give to his grandchildren. And like I said, the hair, it was his son's. It was a childhood keepsake. Uh, you know, like the p- people keep hair, they keep, you know, the first tooth or, you know, something like that. So yeah, they, they basically on uh, September 15th, 19. 19- 30, um, he was indicted, and then the trial, at least the preliminary trial, no, I think they went to full trial, uh, was, a trial was December 22nd, 1930, and at that point, Delia Budd recanted her positive identification, um, so did Mr. Budd, anybody who had ID'd him, had ID'd Pope and said, that's the guy who took Grace, they, they all said, and no, it wasn't. And so he was found not guilty. It was kind of a general thing. It's a, <clears throat> it's the what I like to call the GI Joe phenomena. Mm-hmm. So GI Joe used to be this twelve inch action figure in the seventies. In the eighties, whenever they bring him back, they shrunk him down to three and three quarters inches. All the faces look the same, which is why approximately one third of all the GI Joes had mustaches. <laughs> so I think it's a thing where if you had a mustache. Look the hell out. You may be Albert Fish. Yeah, yeah. And this was, yeah, this was not the only guy that was, was you know, kind of pegged for it by his, his wife or girlfriend or ex. A lot of women were claiming it. And you see similar things happen, I think, uh, especially like with, like, the Golden State Killer. Um, a, a lot of people kind of looked at their, their husband or their ex and they were like, could he? Maybe? 
you know, like sometimes you have these flashes of how well do you really know a person or some, you know, it's there's also, a, I think, a primal fear that we have. And then when we hear about something like this and we see any similarities in people we know, it turns into very quickly turns into paranoia. Oh, I am absolutely convinced that I have a, I have a family member that I am absolutely convinced is a serial killer. See, there you go. Yeah. I, every time, every time, like you see those YouTube videos where it's like five serial killers who have yet to been caught. I'm always like, click on that and go, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, that could be him. It's like your own rogues gallery. <laughs> <laughs> More than you realize. <laughs> so, so yeah, they, they're, it's, it's just false leads that, that sometimes go really, really far into, into actual trials and preliminary hearings and such, you know, things like that. Thank God we have DNA now. Oh, I know, I know. It's yeah. amazing the things that are happening with, with DNA. And John John Mulaney has a great joke where it's like, well, uh, we have a murder victim over here and the killer left a big pool of his own blood. Gross, mop it up. <laughs> now back to my hunch. <laughs> I love John Mulaney. John Mulaney is fantastic. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a lot of uh, just chasing and chasing and chasing and chasing. And meanwhile... You have people sending creepy ass letters to the buds and, you know, they say one thing or they say another. They, you know, there's one that was sent and it said, quote, my dear friends, all little girl is to cellar and into water, end quote. I'm getting goosebumps. I didn't like saying that. That was uncomfortable. And then, so you have, that's, that's weird and scary mm-hmm. and, and it's vague enough to be like, whoa, what the hell? Yeah. And then they have another letter that said, quote, I have Grace. She is safe and sound. She is happy in her new home and not at all homesick. I will see to it that Grace has proper schooling. She has been given an Angora cat and a pet canary. She calls the canary Bill. I am a keen student of human nature. That was why I was attracted to Grace. She seemed like a girl who would appreciate nice surroundings and a real nice home. I drove with Grace past your house in an automobile several days ago. I saw several persons standing in front of your house and did not stop, as it looked as though they were waiting for me. I will see to it in the near future that some arrangements are made to Grace, so Grace will be able to visit you for a short time. Fuck. Right? That, that's kind of like... That's the, like... That's horrible. That, haunting. That, that's like the next level of shit since the Sodder children. We're like the poli- the fire captain's just throwing like random animal parts into the into the thing. I'm like, yeah, there's your kid. Yeah, yeah. I did you a kindness. And it's just it's so fucking cruel and and in a way it's also uh it's condescending. Yeah. It's like you're too poor to take care of your child. I thought she'd like it better with me with an Angora cat and a canary named Bill. You know, I have a canary named Bill. What do you got? Fuck poor your canary people. and fuck you and fuck everybody that looks like you. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely So there are people out there beyond fish. I don't think beyond fish. No, not beyond fish. I'm, I'm aside from fish. Yes. Yeah, they're not no, unless these people are also doing I work, what he's doing. I work in a call center for a cable TV and internet provider. Let me tell you there are horrible, horrible, horrible people out there. Yeah, yeah. You people should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> and honest to God, I had a general dislike for people. Like, persons I liked. I had a general dis- dislike for humanity in general, but it was kind of a thing where I was like, you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. Now, I'm kind of rooting for an asteroid. <laughs> maybe a plague. I'd like a plague that, like... Somehow, if, if somebody's written something horrible about you in the comments section of, like, your file at a cable TV provider, that, like, all of a sudden you're susceptible to this plague, that's a little bit too 
metaphysical for me, but <laughs> but one can always hope. So no, whenever you say, are there nasty people out there? I would argue that there is there a huge portion, much, much more than you think, the, a huge portion of the population are nasty people that just like to, they think they're being funny and cute. Mm-hmm. And they think they, but yeah, I'm sorry. But everybody that listens to this podcast is great. You're all awesome, Gumshoes. Oh, I'd we like to take you. you out on a date. You look lovely, by the way. Thank <laughs> you. Man, just the way the light catches your eyes as you listen to the show and give us a five-star review on iTunes is fantastic. Have you done something differently with your hair? It looks absolutely lovely. Oh, it's great. Why don't you tell us about it in a five-star review on there, iTunes? There it is. So, so yeah, and there's other men that they're chasing after. Another Albert. Albert Cortell. Uh, he's an ex-con, and they chase after him uh, for two years on and off. But the thing is, is that it almost inspires a little bit of hope because as much as he's been like a frequent flyer in and out of jail for forgery and such, and the, the reason they were interested in him for this was because he would tend to bring young girls along with him for cons, but there was no knowledge that he had done anything bad to them. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a murderer that they're aware of. So, and once again, Delia Budd positively IDs him. Of course. And so there's hope. Two years on and off, they're searching for this guy. The thought of somebody on the run from the police and the police already know he's innocent is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't do it. So, and you had a particular detective, uh, William F. King, with the Missing Persons Bureau. And he was, he was really um, very, very determined. He he became pretty obsessed with this. And it, it was, you know, this was a long while that this, uh, this story was going on. They did find Cortell and discharge him without a trial because there wasn't any real evidence, you know, aside from one positive ID. And, you know, he liked to hang around with young girls to use him as, you know, like bait for cons or something like that. So, um, and even while all this is happening, Albert Fish, right, right around the time of the Pope trial, a week before the, the Pope trial ended, he's being sent to Bellevue. He's being sent to the psych ward um, because he'd been sending his obscene letters in the mail. Did we talk about his obscene letters that he liked to send? We did a little bit, but let's touch on this just for the new listeners. It is, it is, it is something. Um, he would... I want to, I, see, I haven't read this letter that you're going to, but I, I have like a general picture of what it is in my head. My dearest Tiffany, oh, how I'd love to bisect your brother's penis. Oh, it's it's something. I I. Do you want me to read it? No, I'll do it. I'll okay. do it. I'm not. I want to hear. I'm your, not chicken. I want to hear your best Albert Fish impersonation. Oh God! Don't make me. Um, okay. All right. I'll Get do my down best. Down here like this. All right. So in these letters, he would say, "Hey there. You know, I'm a big producer in Hollywood, and if you do these little things for me, or sometimes for uh, Bobby, which is his his." Teenage son, but not really. Um, then you know I'll give you lots of money. Uh, so, and so they've heard of backroom casting couch, right? This is this. Uh, well, I think he was he was one of the attempting to be one of the originators of it, but uh, just it was all fake. Oh. So yeah, um, this is this is quote. I wish you could see me now. I am sitting in a chair naked. The pain is across my back, just over my behind. When you strip me naked, you will see a most perfect form. Yours, yours, sweet honey of my heart, 
I can taste your sweet pit. No, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> you, want, you want me to pick it up from here? Yeah. Oh, I'll I pick think, it up from I here. I think they can imagine because it's horrifying, and I don't. I don't. Th- I, I think we. Do. This is one of the cases where I think we can leave it to their imagination. So they just say it gets worse from there. I'll do it. No, 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 I'll no. I'll do it. I'm, yeah, hand I'm, it here. Nope, nope. Hand it here. Nope. Moratorium on lettering. Oh. <laughs> Moratorium on lettering. But I want to read this one. <laughs> It is, yeah, there's a lot of... Why don't you come over here and jam this wad of lighter fluid up my ass? I mean, we know what he likes to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is, it is disgusting. And I mean, hey, if it's consensual, once again, if it's consensual and it brings you joy, you know, okay. But this is, nobody consented to receive these gross, gross letters. Hey there, honey, I want to show you something called the Iraqi oil fire. And there were these stories about Bobby that he wrote in these letters, um, you know, said, well, he was, uh, it, it, at the age of nine, he had, quote, an attack of infantile paralysis. I, I think that, I know Fish is no medical expert, but infantile at nine seems a little late. Mm. But, uh, and so because of that, he needed to be frequently spanked with a cat of nine tails. And he would just, like, write these whole entire weird-ass, creepy, creepy fantasies. It is absolutely nuts. Just to review, um, this is from uh, Deranged, the shocking true story of America's Most Fiendish Killer uh, by, I, I said this last week, but I, I want to make sure, uh, yeah, by Harold Schechter. Uh, so just to review, if you want to read these, this book is available and you can, but I'm not allowing Scott to do it. And I think he's a little angry at me. I'm a little pissed. <laughs> I'm a little pissed. A... And I edit these things. I, I had to read this, I think, and then I had to read it again out loud and then look at what was coming after. So I think I've subjected myself to it enough and not hearing it out loud. You may hear, you may hear an edit in this. You may hear a change in audio quality whenever I use my own microphone at home. To read the letter oh and God. edit it in. Why do I give people editing power? I'm just, I'm not actually going to do it because that's a lot of work, but it's making <laughs> Christy nervous. So. A little bit. So, so yeah, he's, he's picked up and he's taken to Bellevue. And, I mean, they just, they don't do anything. They say he's, quote, quiet and cooperative. Um, he's, he's, he's basically just has some sort of, quote, sexual psychopathy unquote and but then then they just let him really is that their you think? You is think? that their is that their diagnosis he also has two legs <laughs> and then you know at the uh the final quote from dr Menes gregory in uh, this particular report uh is quote as a result of our psychiatric examination we are of the opinion that this man at the present time is not insane Hmm. Good work. Good work. Good work. So, so yeah. I mean, he had he he's, he's still doing all this this bonkers shit and sending these these just ridiculous, horrible letters that you know people are not asking for. These are not you know nobody's soliciting them. He's just going through the 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 Juan ads and and looking there. You know, it's kind of like the Lonely Hearts thing pops up again. Boy, did people ever use those ads? You know, whether it be you know work for hire or. Lonely Hearts or whatever, people really use them for just horrifying purposes, I mean, one way or the other. I mean, we do the same thing today. I've met a lot of weirdos on Tinder. and <laughs> Dick pics. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody asks for it, you know? And the penis, I'm sorry, I enjoy my own penis, but the penis <laughs> itself is a disgusting organ. <laughs> it's like a spleen with skin. That's... <laughs> That's gonna stick in my head for a while. <laughs> I've ruined penises for Christy. 
<laughs> the author of this book, Harold Schechter, called these his quote, scatological ravings, unquote. So uh, there's... I have that album. That's great. Scatman Carruthers' third album. It was yeah. incredible. Scatological ravings. So, so yeah, they, they grab him a couple of times for these. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's in again for 30 days. And time is passing. And during this time, it's, kidnapping has become a big game. The, the, the not a game but you know it's it's the big thing it's the big new it's the hot new craze mm-hmm. um and kind of kind of like it's it's kind of the nigerian scam yeah yeah they they basically it was happening so much that the uh the new york times uh, had to start actually putting in a front page thing that would give basically it was called the kidnapping situation, and it gave people updates on, you know, all the, the recent kidnappings that had happened. You know, here's what's going on with this particular victim. You know, this is how much they asked for ransom. Here's, you know, possible suspects. And uh, there was even a, President Roosevelt had said, you know, I'm going to start a war against drugs. No, wait, that was another one. I'm going to start a war against kidnappers. <laughs> if uh, I am a big fan of Teddy Roosevelt. If Teddy Roosevelt says he's starting a war against anything... Is this Teddy or... Teddy was earlier. I think this would have been... Franklin? Franklin. Really? I thought Franklin Roosevelt was during the... uh, Wasn't Franklin Roosevelt during World War II? Didn't he have a really long... Didn't he like just go on forever? You're absolutely right. I think it's like 12 years. Yeah, I think Teddy Roosevelt was earlier. Um, Well, Franklin Roosevelt was in a wheelchair. I'm going to trust him with anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's happening so much that basically, like, people need to be like like you know have their their Google News alerts <laughs> in the form of the New York Times. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I'm sorry. It's insane. I'm just picturing somebody from the 1930s getting a Google News alert and going, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> You're right. 1930s must have been Delano Roosevelt. That's, yeah, that's yeah, FDR. Little... Because that was it was FDR, the New Deal, and everything. FDR right. was during the Depression. So. Right. So yeah, I think it was just so much turmoil during the country, and they were like, "You did us pretty good during the Depression. You want to stick around for this war thingy that's going to happen? Because that would be okay with that." I would have rather had Teddy Roosevelt deal with this. I know he was dead at the time, <laughs> but goddamn, I'm sorry, Teddy Roosevelt now is better than any politician we've had in the last 15 years. <laughs> Even just as somebody, I'm voting this year the skeleton of Teddy Roosevelt. That's who I'm voting for. <laughs> Dig him up. He's running again. So, so yeah, it's his son, um, Albert Jr. Uh, I'm sorry. Albert Jr., I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, this, this guy got, got the brunt of it because he lived with this man don't as you an adult. Fi- don't you find it surprising? Most of the, most of the serial killers... Like, they're not able to get it together to have a family. Not, well, I mean, he has a family. He has kids and everything. He yeah. lives with one of them, but... Like, most of the serial killers that I think of, like Ted Bundy, you know, never really had kids. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer never had kids. Uh, Albert Kemper, I don't believe, had children. You know, most of your modern serial killers seem to be very much loners without, you know... Well, I the... think it's that loner thing. I think yeah. you've picked it right there. It's yeah. the loner thing that they, you know, they are by nature... First, they're predators, so probably well, anytime they get even near the point of commitment in a relationship, they probably just kill the girl off. And and second of all, they're they they they're, they're lone wolf types, so they're not gonna be attracted to commitment very much. Right. And right. They, they they think they frequently have turbulent relationships too. 
So, so yeah, I think it's, it's interesting, but he, I mean, I don't think he hits the target points for serial killer Albert Fish, but, you know, he, he did have a family and he, he had, you know, lived with his son, mm-hmm. which had to be fucking horrifying. I don't... It, I, or that, is it normalized? It's normalized. It's definitely yeah. normalized. It's hardcore normalized. And we're going to see, really see how normalized it is when we get a quote from Albert Jr. in a few minutes. You ain't catching me playing Buck Buck, how many hands <laughs> up or whatever the fuck it was. I think it was called Buck Buck, how many hands up. Yeah. yeah. Um, the one or two at that point, you can't have three, one or two. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he had, uh, he was, he's kind of quiet. He wasn't even, you know, doing any of his usual self-torture things. But then Albert Jr. said, uh, after about, you know, three years after the, the kidnapping, he started up again with some of his weird shit, like his paddle with the nails in it that he liked to, to hit himself with. Um, he was having nightmares, important point there mm-hmm. um they he, you know he, he had all these newspaper clippings that he collected regarding uh nudism which is fine you know that's fine uh N- but n- nudism bothers me if, you, if you're just doing it in an area where you're with other nudists and then you're not subjecting anybody else to it that's fine that's fine see i've i've i was in a band for a while little little story time with scott I was in a band for a while, and one of the one of the places we played, I'm not going to give the name, but it was a nudist camp that's on the border between Pennsylvania and Maryland. Okay. <clears throat> it was disturbing. Because, okay, right now, you have an image of your in your mind of like what a nudist camp is, because you've watched 1980s movies. And you're thinking, like, oh, he's like, no, we're talking like a bunch of 70 and 80-year-old people naked. Yeah. I got... One little story, and then we'll get back to the the wonderful world of Albert Fish. <laughs> I knew stuff sagged on women, the titties, as they get older. That's fine. It's all part of aging. Whenever I was in my 20s, I didn't realize stuff sags on men as they get older. <laughs> I want to give you an image. I want you to think of two tangerines in a nylon stocking. So I'm carrying my drum set. I'm a drummer. I carry my drum set over to the stage and I look over and there there's like all these old guys sitting in lawn chairs mm. and all I can see is like this guy's feet from the back of the lawn chair and then hanging down between the netting of the lawn chair oh, no. is this tangerine, two tangerines and nylon stocking no. combination through the netting. This oh, guy no. gets up. And his testicles drag the chair about three feet until they line up and slip through the netting and the chair releases into the wild to be free again. Oh. So this is the problem I have with nudist camps. Okay, I get it. I get it. You've been there. You've seen it. I get it. Personal history with them. If you're a nudist, hey, that's fun. Just don't. Don't hire me to play the drums there anymore. And I sure as hell wouldn't want to see Albert Fish at a nudist camp. So, um, but he was also really obsessed with finding clippings on um, Fritz Harmon, the Vampire of Hanover. So many places have a vampire, you know? I know there's the Vampire of Dusseldorf that we're going to get to at some the point. The Vampire of Sacramento, which we go. will not get to because it's too soon. Mm-hmm. But honest to God, if uh, 
uh, Richard Chase Trenton or Richard Trenton Chase. I can't remember which order the names go in, but definitely look that up because it is an interesting case. The, the policeman that solved that, don't believe it, the FBI didn't solve it, they took credit for it. But the policeman that solved the Vampire of Sacramento case, there needs to be a movie made mm. about them. It was incredible. They were all rookies. And they caught this guy. Oh, that sounds like such a great movie already. It's, I love yeah, it. yeah. They're shenanigans and they're solving cases. Exactly, exactly. So definitely check that out. Yeah, and then you have like Vlad Tepes, the actual vampire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he was really obsessed with this guy who had done some really horrible shit that we don't need to get into. We can probably get into it at some point in the future. Um, Put it on the list. And so, you know... He's still doing these weird things. He tends to get cravings for raw meat whenever the moon is full, which, spoilers, Grace Bud was killed. I'm sure you kind of figured that out already. Um, she was killed on a full moon. And I went back, I mean, that information was, you know, had already been found mm -hmm. out, you know. Um, but I, I went and looked at the, the full moon dates for other, <laughs> other cases he was involved with. And... They were kind of close. I don't know where my math for that went. Um, but, it, oh, there it is. Um, it was generally like there was one that was uh, happened on July 14th and the full moon was on the 16th. Um, there was one that uh, the disappearance of Gaffney uh, was on February 16th. Or no, sorry. The full moon was on February 16th, and he disappeared like five days earlier. So yeah, stuff did happen in proximity to full moons, but I don't think that there's any sort of like real, I don't think that's any sort of revelation or it doesn't really tell us anything. I think he was just a, a fucked up guy. Yeah. And that really, if we're looking for answers beyond that, um, we're trying to explain the unexplainable. I actually talked to a police detective once. This was many years ago about the whole full moon thing. And I said, is it true? And he goes, yeah, it's true. Full moon, we get a lot more calls. And I said, what do you think it is? And he goes, honestly, I think there's more light for the bad guys to see what they're doing. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's entirely possible. So, so yeah, he's still doing weird shit that his son is kind of, like, keeping an eye on. Um, he also has this, there's this imaginary black cat that he wants to get uh, exterminated, but nobody else ever sees it. Um, so, yeah, we get to uh, 1934. And at this point, Grace would have been about 16 and somebody sees a girl in a newspaper photo, you know, just one of those candid, you know, newspaper photos mm -hmm. that a photographer would take. And she's not even necessarily like the main subject, but they, they, they think that it's her, uh, that it's Grace. You know, oh, it looks it looks like it could be her. So which happens consistently. Oh, yeah. Consistently. Yeah. Uh, just recently, uh, the Jaws movie. Have you heard about the Jaws movie? Mm mm. Uh, they're... Oh, no, 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 no. I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah the yeah. missing woman that they, that they found on the dunes. And yeah. they think, they think that this skeleton that they found that they've never identified is actually an extra from the, from the movie Jaws. And yeah. they found pictures of her. So, yes. And it was, uh, it was, uh, Joe Hill who, who spotted her in the movie and he is the son of Stephen King. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a crazy, um, crazy connection. Absolutely. So, I mean, this stuff is still yeah, happening it happens. to this day. And, but this, uh... It's kind of part of how he ends up getting caught. It's a really interesting way that this happens. Walter Winchell was the, one of the most popular gossip columnists of the day. And so Detective King that we spoke of earlier, he would send little, you know, he would just kind of like 
feed little bits of information to the press to try and keep the case alive mm-hmm. in some way. You know, smart oh, move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this information was rarely true, or you know, it mostly had like a a sort of ring of truth to it. But um, so we 19- have some new information on the case. We believe the killer had two legs. <laughs> he might have even had. Now wait for it. Two eyes. Oh my God! I know. I the know. monster. Keep an eye out. <laughs> so this was the uh, newsflash in the column. Uh, so quote: I checked on the Grace Bud mystery. She was eight when she was kidnapped about six years ago. Not sure she was ten. Uh, and it is safe to tell you that the Department of Missing Persons will break the case, or they expect to, in four weeks. They're holding a cokey now at Randall's Island. What the fuck's a cokey? A cokehead. Coke dealer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. For some reason, we've been doing so many French episodes, whenever you said cokey, <laughs> C-O-U-Q-U-E-T popped yeah. immediately into my Coquettes. mind. A coquette. <laughs> So, yeah, Koki, now at Randall's Island, who is said to know most about the crime. Grace is supposed to have been done away with in Lyme, but another legend is that her skeleton is buried in a local spot. So, yeah, this kind of stuff comes out, um, and it it does tend to bring the case back into the spotlight. You have to do something. News always... There's, there's especially kidnapping. There's tons mm-hmm. of kidnappings going on, so it's probably, you know, it's so hard to keep track that they have to, you know, publish it in the newspaper once a week. So, yeah, um, the gossip column gets published, uh, and ten days later, uh, Delia Budd receives a letter. This is November 12th, 1934. Oh, God. Mrs. Budd was illiterate. Yes. And this is one of the very few times in history that I can honestly look at something and go, thank God you can't read. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have it? Because I keep. I, I do. It. I know. I know. I highlighted it in my notes. But Here we I go. Can't, I can't Here it comes. It. I've been waiting for this. All right. Here it is. I am going to take my glasses off. <clears throat> this is a reading of the uh, the Bud Letter by Albert Fish. As Brace read yourselves. By Scott Mort. My dear Mrs. Bud, in 1894, a friend of mine shipped as a deckhand on the steamer Tacoma, Captain John Davis. They sailed from San Francisco to Hong Kong. China, as opposed to Hong Kong, Toledo. (laughs) On arriving there, he and two others went ashore and got drunk. When they returned, the boat was gone. At that time, there was a famine in China. Meat of any kind was a dollar to three dollars a pound. Worth it! (laughs) Worth it! So great was the suffering among the very poor that all the children under twelve were sold to the butchers to be cut up and sold for food in order to keep the others from starving. A boy or girl under 14 was not safe in the street. You could go in any shop and ask for steak, chops, or stew meat. Part of the naked body of a boy or girl would be brought out and just what you wanted cut from it. Or a boy or girl's behind, which is the sweetest part of the body, was sold as veal cutlet. Brought at the high, brought the highest price. John stayed. That should have been said. There's a ton of grammatical errors in this, so if you hear oh, yeah. me stuttering, I apologize. John stead. No, I think it stayed there so long. He just, oh, he okay. Just, but it's still a misspelling because it's S T A I D. Yeah. How he, he spelled yeah. it. But yeah. Uh, so my apologies once again. John stayed there so long that he acquired a taste for human flesh. On his return to New York, he stole two boys: one seven, one eleven. 
took them to his home, stripped them naked, tied them in a closet, then burned everything they had on. Several times every day and night he spanked them, tortured them to make their meat good and tender. First he killed the 11-year-old boy because he had the fattest ass and of course the most meat on it. Every part of his body was cooked and eaten except head, bones and guts. He was roasted in the oven, all of his ass, boiled, broiled, fried, stewed. The little boy was next, went the same way. At that time I was living at 409 East 100th Street, rear, right side. He told me so often how good human flesh was, I made up my mind to taste it. On Sunday, June the 3rd, 1928, I called on you at 406 West 15th Street, brought you pot cheese and strawberries. We had lunch. Grace sat in my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her, on the pretense of taking her to a party. You said yes, she could go. I took her to an empty house in Westchester I had already picked out. When we got there, I told her to remain outside. She picked wildflowers. I went upstairs and stripped all my clothes off. I knew if I did not, I would not get her blood on them. When all was ready, I went to the window and called her. Then I hid in the closet until she was in the room. When she saw me all naked, she began to cry and tried to run downstairs. I grabbed her and she said she would tell her mama. First I stripped her naked. How she did kick, bite and scratch. I choked her to death and cut her in small pieces so I could take my meat to my rooms, cook and eat it. How sweet and tender her little ass was roasted in the oven. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. I did not fuck her, though. I could have had I wished. She died a virgin. Fuck! I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I'm out. Bye. Tag. It's been nice. <laughs> it's been nice. It was, a, it was a nice run. Well, I thought I wasn't going to have anything to tell my therapist this week. <laughs> oh, jackpot. Here you go. Yeah. Conversation topic I'm on the couch. I'm actually like curled up in a, like a semi-fetal <laughs> yeah, position he's rocking, rocking back, back and, and forth. forth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So here's what happened. Here, um, this letter comes in. Mrs. Bud cannot read it. Because she's illiterate. Thank God. Yeah, I know. Uh, so she I wish it. I was right now. <laughs> just, just erase all words from my head. She hands it to her son Edward. He reads it. He goes stark white, absolutely white, and just poof, he's off like a shot to the police station. Mm -hmm. And so here is what they do. They find an emblem on the letter. N Y B C B A are the letters on this emblem. It is the, uh, and there's an address you can still read some of. So it, this is the New York Private Chauffeurs Benevolent Association. So King goes to the, the address, 627 Lexington Avenue, and he does some investigating. He, he, he asks them, you know, basically calls a meeting and says, did, did any of you use the office stationery? And so after the meeting, uh, there's a part-time janitor, an errand boy named Lee Sikowski, he comes up and he's like, yeah, I kind of stole some stationery and some envelopes. Um, I left it at my old apartment. Uh, and so they go to the landlady there. Uh, this is Mrs. Frieda Schneider. And, you know, they showed her the old, the, 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 the missing persons report, the original one for Grace Budd, had a description of the gray man, Frank Howard, Albert Fish, mm -hmm. on it. And Mrs. Schneider's like, 
Yeah, yeah. I had somebody uh, living in the same room Sikowski did. You know, after Sikowski left, he uh, he was here for about two months, and he just checked out a few days ago. So, Detective King looks at the register. You know, where where because uh, this was more like a boarding house, so you would have like signed in and out. Not not really a lease situation. Mm-hmm. And he sees a signature there, and it was for Albert H. Fish. And so they managed to... Fish had to come back because his son was sending part of his paychecks to the boarding house. So he has to come back. So they finally, finally managed to pick him up. But I, the, the thing that killed me, the thing that absolutely killed me, was really, when it comes right down to it, there's a lot of different factors here, but when it comes right down to it, Albert Fish got caught because of a roach. He was sitting in his bo- his room at the boarding house. A roach goes up the wall. He leans back to look at it, and he sees that there's something on a shelf. What's on that shelf? The stationery. Mm-hmm. The envelope he would use to send that letter. So Albert Fish got busted because of a roach. And that roach, we will never know his name. But, but- we salute you, Mr. Roach, or Mrs. Roach, or Ms. You know, whatever. Thank you for the fine work that you do. You and Keith Richards. Just judging by uh, by the preponderance of Alberts in this this entire sordid, sordid journey we're taking, I'm going to guess it was Albert Roach. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Albert Fish. Albert Roach living in the apartment of Albert Fish. <laughs> Did I get that right? I think so. I think so. I it was, was so. kind of hard to get out for some There's reason. a lot of animals in this one, too, that aren't actually animals. Yeah, right? So they do manage to pick him up, and uh, they, they come when he, you know, ambush him sort of when, when he comes to pick up his check. And so he's hanging out there. Albert Fish is sitting there drinking tea. Detective King comes in, says, are you Albert Fish? And Fish just whips out a razor blade. <laughs> like, I'll take that as a yes. Yeah, yeah. So Detective King grabs him. Um, the, the blade is dropped. And King says, it's so classic, it's so noir, I can't even deal with it. I've got you now. So we have Fish, we have Roach. We, we have, have King. We have King and we have Pope. Bud. And Bud. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Schneider's not a thing. No, Schneider's not a thing. I don't think a Schneider's a thing. So A janitor in a 1970s sitcom. <laughs> Definitely. I loved One Day at a Time. Yeah. I think it was One Day at a Time. That sounds right. Uh, Probably. I'll work with it. Maybe. I liked Schneider. He was a janitor. <laughs> that show that he was in? Yes, yes. Got like that. I like that one. So they interrogate him. And I've got I've got some interesting thoughts about... There, there's multiple interrogations that happen. It's like interrogation after interrogation after interrogation by different parties. Well, I imagine a lot of it was just like, you got to go in there and hear this guy. Because he wasn't shy at all. He was proud of the fact that he murdered Grace Bud. I don't think he, he was ne- proud. I think he was just kind of unemotional. He never denied anything. So you and I are envisioning this in two different ways. We really are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I see him very, very differently. You see him as this this triumphant killer, and I see him as this sort of he he barely even had emotions, or and especially not anything like any sort of positive ones. Um, and but he didn't seem to he never seemed to view his crimes as crimes crimes. In fact, he said several times, "Well, an angel never stopped me, so it must not have been wrong." Yeah, there was some religious shit in there too. Yeah, yeah. So basically, they're like, King's like, "Here's the letter that Mrs. Bud received," and Fisher's like, "Yeah, I sent that." 
And they had another letter that he had, they had found that he, that had been intercepted, that he had sent to a nudist group trying to, he had, he had left the group or had been probably was kicked out. <laughs> let's have just, you, let's just take some bets here. <laughs> have, have you noticed the new guy lately? <laughs> he keeps bleeding from behind his ball sack. Yeah. What's that? And so they were like, is this your letter? Yes. Um, then they said, did you take Grace Bud? And he said, no. And Detective King's like, all right. Every single witness I have, I will bring them in right now. And then Fish is like, all right, you got me. <laughs> like, basically, like, that's it. And he confesses. He said about how he originally wanted Edward um, and his original plans for Edward. And then how that kind of went awry. And he changed his, his plans to the, the, the birthday party and everything. And um, now this, here again, he took Grace to the train. After they left the apartment, so there was no blue car with mm-hmm. a man in a straw hat. Um, he bought a round-trip ticket for himself and a one-way ticket for Grace. Now, How many times have we said... It's not her fault. Right. Because she's a child and she doesn't know. But any ticket sellers or takers out there, anybody involved with tickets and trains, planes, whatever, if you see one round trip and you see one one way, you start asking some questions and you start like forming a description in your mind, write some shit down because that shit's not going well for anyone. It just, there's something wrong. If you, I mean, I guess some people must like have to transport a small child, you know, for visits or custody or whatever. But I think there should be some questions asked. There should still be some questions asked and identification checked for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure they check identification pretty well when it comes to kids at like airports and stuff. But that should be that should be a flag. Instead of pulling over a guy because he has a towel wrapped around his head and a beard, we should be like if if somebody has like a one way ticket is traveling with somebody with a two way ticket. That should be a red flag. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, an honest absolutely. to God red flag. And that, this flashes back to our Landrew episode. So if you want to hear more about us bitching about one-way tickets, and, then uh, go back to that one. So, yes. Um, so this is my where I had my editorializing in my notes moment of Jesus fucking Christ. Because remember, he has his bundle of implements of hell mm-hmm. on him. And so they take the train. Uh, and when he gets off, he forgets it. Grace. Never forget your implements of hell. Grace. Yeah, I know. Was the one who, as they were leaving the train, she was like, oh, you forgot. You forgot your bundle. And she runs back in and she brings it out Mm. to him. And it is absolutely like a part of my soul just left my body and flitted off to Antarctica or something because it was like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. It was that, I think that was one of the moments when I had to walk away from the book and be like, all right, more note-taking later, and this is how I ended up taking notes right up until about 20 minutes before you arrived last week. There, there was a similar situation with the serial killer Edmund Kemper, mm-hmm. where he had kidnapped a 14-year-old girl who wanted to be a ballerina, and she had actually locked him out of the car. And he convinced her to open the door. I hate that. I hate near misses. I hate near misses so much. And I'm sure that I'm sure that Fish would have found some horrible way to do horrible things to Grace without his implements of hell. But just but the fact that she delivered and probably happily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm helping a grown up. You know, yeah. like I'll get a pat on the head. So he takes her to. Wisteria Cottage. Come on. Do we have to ruin everything? Do we even have to ruin pretty flowers, too? Jesus. Which is just a completely... It's it's empty. It's, it's abandoned. And it's basically like he said in the letter. Um, he says, you go play in the yard. She picks wildflowers. Again, there's another part of my soul that just 
fucked off to Af- not Afghanistan, I guess. I was going to say Antarctica, yeah, but it came out of Afghanistan. Sure, Afghanistan. Why not? Your soul knows anywhere, where it wants to go. Anywhere but here with this knowledge. I feel Antarctica would be nice this time of year for a soul. I mean, it's warm in here, so I think that might be part of your inspiration. I was thinking, like, it's white. It oh, yeah. Yeah, very there. pure. Yeah. There's but. some sort of, like, alien race. The Hollow Earth entrances there. Yes, yes, yes. My soul By could go way, to visit the aliens. Hollow Earth fanatics. Are there hollow like are there hollow earthers that are also flat earthers? And if so, how does that work? I don't think Is it like a pita bread? <laughs> yes, it's exactly like a pita bread. There exactly. You hollow found it. earther and a flat earther. Which pita I've just bread. never found a practical delivery method for, for pita for, yeah. for, for, for meats, cheeses and, and vegetables. No, sandwich no. things. It, like it's always, it's just never. It's not even. You can't make it even. So like one part, your like mouth is full of, of these sandwich fillings, and the other part, you've got like mostly like dry sort of bread. Pita is wonderful for peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Though. Okay, I can see that because you, yeah, you you're not stuffing it. So. Exactly, exactly. So, so all right, this back is to the horror. This is dinner time with Scott and Christy. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't be talking about food. I had today. I had a burger. I need to tell the listeners about Scott, the Scott, you burger. don't need to tell the listeners about the burgers. I still have, like, six pages left. Look, if you're ever in Johnstown, go to Big Shot Bob's. If you want to commit suicide, the best way to do it, order the Admiral. It's a bacon cheeseburger where instead of bread, they use two grilled cheese sandwiches. I'm going to die. <laughs> go for it. Enjoy your heart attack. <laughs> so, yeah, he basically... See, now you wish I'd be talking about the sandwich still. But I know I have to go ahead with this, so I should just get it over with. It's like a band-aid. Yeah, rip it off, rip it off, rip it off. Okay, so he undresses, he lays out the implements of hell, he calls Grace in, she sees him naked, screams, I'll tell my mama, runs, uh, he catches her, there's a struggle, he kneels on her chest, choking her, and then once that's done, once she's dead, he takes a five-gallon paint can... Uh, puts her head over it with the neck, like, resting on the lip, cuts the head off to catch as much blood as he could. And so, this is in the confession, okay? So King asked, all right, cannibalism comes up here. But it doesn't come up explicitly in this interrogation. And I have some thoughts about that. Okay. Okay? So, Detective King asked if he, quote, used the girl's body, end quote. Which... Could that mean... Rape? Or... Cannibalism. Exactly. And Fish says no. There's no clarification. He never asked about the cannibalism, even though it was mentioned in the letter. And my thoughts are that King was already looking ahead. And he was saying, you know what? You'll have a lot harder time making an insanity plea work if we don't have anything in this confession about you eating this child. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think he was kind of looking ahead, and because and, he, 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 he was not a dumb man. He managed no. to, tr- to track down Fish very efficiently once they were able to get enough information, once Fish put that information out there. So, and I don't think Fish would have put the information out there. Probably Fish is reading all this stuff, and he's... That's, seen- yeah, that's why he sent the letters, because the article came out in the newspaper... And he's, the, he's the, the looking thing at in Winchell's gossip column. Yeah, and he's looking at it going like, they don't have a clue. I can get away with one letter. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, another smart move on, on Detective King's mm-hmm. part. So, yeah, that's my theory. 
it was it was mentioned in the book, but they didn't really make any necessarily connection to it. It was that was just my thought when they were talking about the trial and stuff, and I was like, hmm, because you know, obviously the go-to here is an insanity plea, with a side of try to piss the judge off as much as possible, as we've seen later mm-hmm. on his lawyer's part. So yeah, he. <sighs> He takes the head, he was going to put it in the outhouse toilet, but then he decided that that seemed wrong. Oh, yeah. Uh, Of all the things you've done, mister. How wrong. Really, that's just crossing the line. So he just covers it up in newspapers and puts it in a corner. And uh, he just, he's just a fucking monster. Um, Cuts the body in half. Uh... It's interesting because in some accounts he had a small bundle wrapped in newspaper when he left the cottage, but he didn't necessarily tell Detective King that. So I'm not even sure where that information comes from. It was mentioned in the book, but I don't remember if the source of that information was mentioned. And so he comes back four days later, puts the body back together, just lays it all out on the ground and throws the implements over the wall. Detective King asks him, finally, why did you do it? And Fish's answer is, you know, I never could account for it. That's it. I mean, he has other answers later, but it's it's never like, it's never great. One little side note I'd like to make that was kind of amusing to me is that because Albert Fish was a painter, Mm -hmm. and by painter we mean interiors and exteriors, you know. Um, We're not talking intricate Bob Ross shit. No, we're not. Um, More Bob Villa. Yeah, yeah. Bob Villa, not Bob Ross. But there was some sort of miscommunication when this made it to the press. So eventually, eventually at some points in the press, he was called, quote, a failed cubist artist. End quote. So they were, and they kind of. I mean, like houses get, are generally square. That is true, but yeah. they, they and they made a point in these articles to like denigrate cubism too. Like, well, clearly, if this man was associated with it, we're we're all about Dadaism around here. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, maybe with a little pointillism, but I mean that's going no, 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 no. It's impressionism or nothing. God damn it! We have standards. Fucking happy trees here at the New York Post. So. Goddamn Cubists. He basically um, our children. takes oh Christ. He takes the, the cops on this they go up to Wisteria Cottage and he takes them on a horrifying guided tour. Basically acting everything out for them. Like miming it and and you know, like it's it's a the fucking worst game of charades ever. Let's ever. See, you're, you're cutting your head off. Now you're involuntarily ejaculating. <laughs> now you're involuntarily ejaculating twice. Okay. You win. <laughs> uh, wow, Steve is really good at this. <laughs> he's a great detective and a great game player. Amazing. He's, I'm going to have him at my next dinner party. Is, he's, I want him on my team. <laughs> yeah. God, we can't win against Steve. <laughs> so, yeah, three interrogations in one day, not a single one, asked about the cannibalism, even though he would go off on tangents, too. It wasn't just the letter. He would go off on tangents that showed interest in cannibalism. And they, I think I think that was on purpose. Um, so, yeah, he directs them to the, the skull, the press, and the onlookers, and the rubberneckers are already showing up, you know. Are they having picnics the yet? The looky-loos, the nosy Nellies. Yeah, the no, no picnics just yet, but um, it's eight hours after he's taken in. Reporter pounds on the door at the Bud apartment. 
<sighs> and that's how they found out. Which, granted, you don't want to tell the family until you have something concrete because look at all the false hope that they've had. Yeah. You don't want to subject them to that again. But at the same time, it, don't let it get the fucking press. Like, I, I, it was probably harder in those days. But I don't Somebody must have been sneaking around and leaking around or whatever because it's not like they had a police scanner. You know, I worked in a newsroom and we had a police scanner there and that's that that's how they learn about things to be on the scene and everything. So yeah, I don't know how they, you know, how they get word, but there were some loose lips around there. So Albert Budd says, you know, when he's asked about the, the whole like letting his his daughter go off with with Frank Howard, not Frank Howard really, says it seemed all right to let her go. He seemed like such a decent man. And it's just awful. So they go and they ID, you know, positive IDs. Mrs. Butt is left at home for, for this one. And Edward, the, 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 you know, Grace's older brother says, quote, it's him. You old bastard, dirty son of a bitch. Oh, unquote. I got some of my... So is that a out. yes? <laughs> I need I need an actual yes from you. Fuck that guy! No, an actual yes. The word... You say the word yes. <laughs> really? Even if it's not him? Just say yes, because this son of a bitch. And it's just... Yeah, Mr. Bud comes in and... <sighs> it's hard because it's heartbreaking, but it's also the moment of confrontation. It does provide some relief, I feel. It's as much of a triumph as we're ever going to get. So yeah, Mr. Bud, he comes in, hat in hands, and says, Don't you know me? And Fish said, Yes, you're Mr. Bud. And Mr. Bud says, And you're the man who came to my house as a guest and took my little girl away. <sighs> I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I swear. Do you mean to take it from here? <laughs> I got it. Okay. I mean, we can we can tag team here. I'm gonna drink more though. <laughs> you go ahead and drink more. You go ahead and drink more. You got. Did you this. see me gulping while you were reading I the letter? I did. <laughs> I was like, this is the only way I'm getting through this. It was like a, it was like a cow on a teat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gulp, 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 gulp. I wonder if you can hear that on the recording. Um, so so yeah, six times since the kidnapping, Albert Fish had been arrested. Six times. Three within four months of the kidnapping. Different things, you know, of, of course, obscene mail. Have you ever been arrested? No. See, same here. I've never even been pulled over. I've been driving for an untold number of years. <laughs> I would say probably about five or six times I've been pulled over. Mm. Last time I was pulled over, it was actually for expired, uh, expired inspection. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that'll happen. I, my inspection wasn't expired. Well, I, I, it shouldn't happen. <laughs> then in that case. They, the police had actually gotten a report. There was a white van with an expired uh, thing, and you're free to go. So that was my last time being pulled over. Yeah, never never been pulled over. I once uh, drove past a cop while I was going the wrong way mm -hmm. on a one-way street, and I think he saw the look of panic on my face and knew. And, and this was right down in town. This was right down in East Connemont. Yeah, there's something about the town that we live in. We love one-way oh, streets. Oh, we love them so much, except that those of us who have to drive on them hate them. It took me like 10 years to remember where all the one-way streets are. But yeah, so I'm driving down East Connemont, driving on this like one-way street. There's a cop parked on the side of the road, and I'm just like... Like, I get this expression, like, I know that it's wrong, and I, 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 I made a mistake, okay? And he just kind of looks at me, and he just kind of, like, nods. Just like, okay, all right, yep, I get I it. I get it. There's, the roads are fucked around yeah, here. Yeah, I know, I know. It's a, it's a grid system in Johnstown, but it's an insane grid system. 
Yes, yes, it is. And it, 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 even even now, I can still make mistakes. So yeah. Johnstown is laid out. The town's about six miles across, but it takes you 20 minutes to get from any point to any other point. Yes. <laughs> so, and it, we're not alone. Like, Altoona's the same way. Yeah. Dear God, when I worked in Altoona, I had the hardest time getting around. So, okay, so. Um, okay. So, they, they go to, um, the press goes to Albert Jr., to the son. Uh, he'd actually moved away from his father, probably just couldn't Good move. take it anymore. Good move. And uh, they said, you know, like, here's here's what happened. And he said, quote, the old skunk, I knew something like this would happen sooner or later. And it's just, here it is, okay? Um, he said... I want nothing to do with him, and I won't do anything to help him. So then he says, say, what was the name of the girl he murdered? And a bunch of the reporters all say, Bud, Grace Bud. I'm just going to go ahead and, and quote directly from the book. Albert Fish Jr. gaped. Quote, my God. My God. That's the name he used to scream out in his sleep. Jesus and Christ. Right. Yeah, it's it's all caps in my notes at the bottom. Ah. Super awful quote. Al Junior quote R E nightmares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's that was that was like That's the name my father whispers on his failed ASMR channel on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it's well, welcome to my ASMR channel. I'm gonna go get my saw. Uh, no, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. I apologize <laughs> to anybody who's wearing headphones because no, nothing creeps me out more when I'm listening on to something on headphones than whispering. She, she doesn't like this. <laughs> Grace! <laughs> she doesn't like the it at all. She doesn't the like spiking. This. Oh, the spiking. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah, that, uh, that happened and was just absolutely... Oh. And it's just like... I guess Albert Jr. must not have known about the kidnapping. You know, you, you miss news sometimes. Things happen and you don't know well, about you it. Said, you said as well, there is a rash of kidnappings. Mm -hmm. And if your father's crazy enough, you know, and he's like talking about angels and Jesus. And I mean, this is a guy that's going out with his fire, with his anal fire going on. Yeah. And shouting on a hill that he is Jesus. Yeah, there's a lot of like weird Gr shit already, so I think that it's just sort of like goes over your head. Or he, well, he might thing. not even pay attention to the news. Some people just don't yeah. read the news. But it's a thing, if if my father has this weird religious mania and he's shouting grace at night, mm -hmm. I'm not even thinking it's a name. I'm thinking like grace be to God and stuff like that. Unless he was saying her full name. Yeah. Grace Bud, unless he sometimes said her full name. We don't know. They just said Bud, Grace Bud. Once he, he said that Grace, buddy! You know? <laughs> so you asked earlier if there was a picnic. No. Not quite. Uh -huh. Not quite. The fact that it's even approaching picnic time. They're off at the Wisteria Lane cottage, and they're digging up the bones. Apparently nobody brought anything to put the bones in. Foresight, not not big w w at this point in time. Uh, everybody's probably in fucking shock. Well, yeah. So they go to a neighbor and they borrow her picnic basket. You can keep that. Yeah, they actually did return it to her, and I'm sure that she was like, mm, "I'm good, thanks. I'll buy a new one. I, I, I'll just go to Target, whatever." <laughs> you know, like ye old Target. 
It wasn't medieval times. What the fuck am I saying? I'm just trying to make jokes right now to deal with everything. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we, we do need them, ye old target, in, <laughs> in 1934. So, I imagine it's got, like, Robin Hood as, like, their, uh... Why doesn't Target have Robin Hood as their... That's an excellent question. They should. Yeah. Brilliant marketing. Right there. Right there it is. So, they do ask him. He's asked about the Billy Gaffney and the Francis McDonald, uh cases uh one a murder and one a disappearance which if if you're listening and you don't know who we're talking about that was the last episode mm-hmm. we told you i don't know why you don't listen to us so he denies it at this point in time and uh in uh in one article of the mirror there's the following names one article they called him the following names the ogre of murder lodge modern bluebeer Aged Thrill Killer, Vampire Man, Orgiastic Fiend, Werewolf of Wisteria. I've been called an Orgiastic Fiend. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. So, yeah, it's just absolutely fucking appalling. He did say in his his sanity exam, he did say that the needles, uh, at least the needles after the the bud uh, kidnapping and murder, were penance for that. And, yeah, we said, I think we said in the last episode, 27 needles. And he's still called legally sane. He's, his kids and grandkids, or at least some of them, still exchanging mail with him, which I think there's a point when you just say, "Mm, no. Didn't take that much to get rid of the rest of the members of my family (laughs) for me not to talk to them ever again. And he's basically, he blames everything on Albert Jr., you know, because, you know... Albert Jr. said things about him in the press and said he didn't want anything to do with him. And he's blaming things on his other son, John, the one who sent him the letters. Not the letters, but the money uh, from his paycheck. He's like, well, you know, I'm not saying it was your fault, but if you hadn't been sending me the money, I wouldn't have gotten caught. He blames things on his first wife leaving him, even though he had been doing horrible shit since like 1903, which was years and years before that. This is something, this is something I really hate about humans. Humans in general. It's never our fault. It's never our fault. Never, ever, ever. Never our... How dare you send me money? Yeah, right? How dare you help me actually keep a roof over my head and, yeah. and raw meat on my table yeah. on the full moon? Grace Bud would still be alive if you didn't give a shit about me. Yeah, yeah. So he's definitely, you know, he, he's never taking blame. He does finally confess the cannibalism to a Dr. Wortham, who, who comes up big in the case, and it's very, very tied to sexual arousal. And even um, compares himself to another case we've done, Harry Thaw. Mm. Which, last I knew, Harry Thaw didn't eat anybody. It seems like something he would have paid money for. Yes, yeah, well, he might have, yeah, yeah. Harry Thaw was a bit weird. Yeah, he was a bit weird. I mean, we're, was, no, on, the, on this weird. scale, yeah, Harry mm. Thaw is pretty low, but on, 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 the, on the fish scale, we'll call it. Yeah, because that's the new scale for weirdness. I would say, I would say, there's like some parallel lines up to a point, but then it branches off into two different bits of weirdness. I'm not saying one is worse than the other. If you shoot a man's face off and then keep your uh, lovely wife prisoner, yeah, that's pretty bad too. Yeah. It's it's not worse, it's not better, it's just a different kind of horrible. Speaking of a different kind of horrible... Here it comes. So, uh, the trial starts 
on March 11th of 1935. White Plains, New York. And uh, Fish just kind of sleeps through some of it. He's just kind of dozing on and off, you know. Every once in a while, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll read some of his confessions out loud. And that's really the only time he shows emotion. And that emotion is just a light chuckle. Just a light chuckle when they're talking about these horrifying things that he did. But he said he did not want the death penalty. Because, quote, God still has work for me to do, end quote. God, I hope not. Yeesh. And there's just, reading this book, it's like unending, disturbing testimony from family members. That's where the stuff about, uh, I can never remember that. Buck, buck, how many hands up? Yeah. Yeah, buck. yeah. Buck, buck, how many hands up comes up. That's where we get um, Albert Jr. talking about some of the, the, the fucked up shit his dad did at home. It's just his family members. And, and it, it does feel like it's super, super normalized to them. So, yeah, it's... And <laughs> it's just... It's got to be, be the most disturbing, disturbing shit you have to sit there and listen to um i'm trying to find the sexual oh yeah the sexual abnormality quote that's right yeah so uh <laughs> dr wortham says i can tell you that to the best of my medical knowledge every sexual or abnormality that i have ever heard of this man has practiced not only has he thought about it not only has he dreamed about daydreamed about it but he has practiced it and practiced this, he's quite good he's, he's apparently very uh, skilled at being doing horrible things um, and so this is, this is part of the attempt to get the, uh, the insanity plea to work for him. And so, you know, Dr. Wortham, who's one of the psychiatrists who examined him, said that Albert Fish had said that he'd raped over 100 children. Fuck. One in, like, at least one in every state, I think, is what he said. He'd been to a lot of states, but I don't know if he'd been to all of them. But he did seem to hop around quite a bit to lots of different states. Um, could, you know, he would he would bolt as soon as things started to get bad. And uh, I actually told myself what page this was on because I wanted so badly because we get another kind of sort of similarity to another case. Good old battle father Hans Schmidt. Oh, um, now we're talking the same kind of crazy. Dr. Wortham says, quote, he had always been very much interested in religion. He told me very proudly that religion was his great point and also added that at one point when Fish was young, he wanted to become a minister. Mm-hmm. I like the last question that James Dempsey, who is Fish's defense counsel, mm -hmm. I love the last question not so much the last question. Uh, I'm not going to read it here because the last question is <laughs> 15,000 words long. That is 45 pages. And it took one hour and 15 minutes to read. That's a fucking run-on sentence. Yeah, yeah. It was... Oh my gosh. It details Fish's life and ends with him asking Dr. Wortham... Uh, what he considered the mental condition. And here it is. Brevity, folks. 15,000 words answered with three. He is insane. Yeah. Done. Done. A 15,000 word question. Now, Gallagher, the lawyer on the other side of things, he cross-examines uh, Wortham and says, does Fish know the difference between right and wrong? And Wortham's answer is a little bit surprising. Wortham goes... Yeah, he knows he knows the difference between right and wrong, but it's a perverted knowledge 
based on his opinions of sin, atonement, and religion, and thus was an insane knowledge of right and wrong. And they have another uh, psychiatrist, uh, Lambert, Dr. Charles Lambert, who comes in and he is testifying. And he just kind of seems to, he's very casual about all these things. I think he's a little numb, maybe. Um, like, so, there comes a point whenever you can just cry no more tears. Yeah, and I guess so. And you go into a shock. If you've heard and seen some of the kinds of things that apparently Dr. Lambert has seen. Um, because Fish said that he ate the flesh for nine days in a, in a stew of, of Grace Bud. Um, and I don't know about you, but anything that I have in my fridge, if it's longer there than five days, I kind of throw it out. Yeah, even three it. days I'm scared. Yeah. So uh, Dempsey, the defense attorney, says... Uh, quote, will you state that that man could for nine days eat that flesh and still not have a psychosis and not have any mental diseases, end quote. Lambert's reply is, well, there is no accounting for taste, Mr. Dempsey. Oh, I mean... Mama, mama. Would, Mr. Lambert, would you like a spot on this podcast? Oh, it gets worse. It gets worse. It gets, it gets worse. So, Dempsey says, okay, so how about eating human feces? Have you uh, seen... People, you know, who do who do this, so talk to them. Lambert says, oh, I know individuals prominent in society. One individual in particular that we all know. Never says any name, and I'm, like, super curious. So, uh... It's Harry Thaw, isn't it? <laughs> Harry Thaw seems be. like a shit-eating son of a bitch. He does. And so Dempsey's like, so they, 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 they ate shit. And, uh, Lambert says, are you ready to have food ruined for you? Used it in a side dish in his salad. Mm. <laughs> this particular individual that apparently we all know. So yeah, Dempsey's really, he's really trying to get the, the insanity plea to work. But these psychiatric investigators are so inured to just the, the depths of, of, you know, sexual psychopathy and everything. that They're just like, no, I see this all the time. This is nothing. This is nothing, my dear man. Nothing. Whenever I was in college, I dated a stripper. Oh, God, I can't, I haven't thought about this in years. Pouring more booze, people. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get through the rest. The stripper broke up with her boyfriend. It was a thing. She, we ended up dating. I was actually teaching the stripper how to play the drums. And she broke up with her boyfriend around the same time that I broke up with my girlfriend. And that's how Diane and I got together. And her boyfriend would have her, this is, I learned this much later on, and she just, she just did it to appease him. He would have her eat. No, 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 no. Peanuts the day before, like a whole bunch of peanuts and nothing else. And then have her take a crap on him and he would smear it over his body screaming, I'm the peanut butter man. I think my face is stuck this way. Mm-hmm. I think my face is stuck this way. Thus is the life of Scott. All right, just one more while we're on the topic of poop. Um, so there's even another psychiatrist. A, uh, a This is a forfer. <laughs> yes. Uh, a wait, actually, 
Uh, let me make sure that this guy is who I think he is. Vavasor, come on. Yeah, Say his yeah. first name. Uh, James Vavasor. James Vavasor, okay. James Vavasor. Um, so, uh... Now, he was, uh... James, uh, James Vavasor, uh, he, uh... He just kind of repeated Lam- Lambert's opinion. Yeah, basically says, like, yeah, I, I, I know a, a, a prominent public official who likes to eat, eat shit. And... Tempsey, I'm just gonna read this paragraph I like directly. Think, I like to think Lambert and him like go. Are we seeing the same patient? Yeah, right. I'm going. Because was like, it's it's not that uncommon. And and Dempsey, I'm just gonna read it straight okay. out because it, it's it's it was just one of the few like moments of levity in the. Who book. here hasn't eaten shit? I ask you. Dempsey shook his head. I have learned that there are a lot of common things in this case I never knew about before said the lawyer, undoubtedly speaking for many others in the courtroom for whom the trial had been a crash course in sexual, sexual psychopathology. I'm just like, it, 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 it's very, it's, it's like approaching humor, but like, it, it, it was that slightly snarky tone that I was like, thank you, I needed that. I, I want him, I want him to be like a southern simple lawyer. I'm just a simple lawyer from the south, but I didn't know so many people ate poop, did you? Yeah. So, so yeah, the trial is, uh, is very, very interesting, um, for many people. Sometimes the women are asked to leave for, for various parts of it, but not as much as you would expect. Um, and Fish at one point wanted Dempsey, uh, to read before his final summation. He wanted Dempsey to read Jeremiah chapter nine verse, sorry, chapter 19 verse nine. Uh, Hit us with it, Pastor Christie. <laughs> okay, here I come. And I will cause them to eat of the flesh of their sons and the flesh of their daughters, and they shall eat everyone the flesh of his friend in the siege and straightness, wherewith their enemies, and they that seek their lives, shall straighten them. Did you hear the fire and brimstone I and that flesh-eating did. bit? You need a little bit more down here whenever you do it. And whenever you say syllables, you got to put a little bit of oomph and stop and go and stop and go into it. And make sure that you put a lot of extra syllables into things because, uh, yes, it's not r- worth it unless the word salivation has seven syllables. Why didn't you just do it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to give you some help, Chris. Why didn't you just do it? No, that was horrible at the end. It was okay. It was okay right up until the last word. That's okay. All right. So, yeah. So this is like, oh my gosh. Like Dempsey, I'm I'm pretty sure, to my knowledge, Dempsey was like, no, I'm not going to do that. The jury deliberated for 12 seconds. No, I'm sure it's it's more than that. Actually, it's... Here's the thing. None of the jurors doubted Fish was insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were all like, yep, you're pretty sure he's insane, but... Let's kill him anyways. Yeah, basically. Good choice. I'm not even pro-death penalty. I'm saying, this time, good choice. In in this particular case, yes, yes, good choice. That's okay, even though it's it's kind of a perversion of the law and the way the law is supposed to work, but... Yeah, just really, really fucked up. And now at this point, uh, he's... Fish is excited. Once At first he said he still had more work to do, but when he gets the chair in his sentencing, he just says, Thank you, Judge. Sorry. Thank you, Judge. Mm, thank thank you, judge. judge. And then, so after that, he confesses to, eventually, it takes a little time, he confesses to the Gaffney murder, uh, which I'm not going to go into it, but it's even worse than... I don't know if there's a scale, but it's, it's pretty fucking bad. Gaffney's, Gaffney's pretty bad. It's... I will say this about the Gaffney confession. 
whenever, whenever he slices off parts of the boy's face, and the poor boy doesn't die until his eyes are gouged out. You know, so I have eye things, issues with eyes. So do I. So do I. Can't even I have get... almost like thrown up getting an eye exam. Same here. I always tear up. Yeah. Like, I always feel like such a coward. I'm not scared. It's just having something that close to my eyes. And they just water and water. And then they do that puff of air into your eye. It's like, stop that. Oh, I can. I, there have been times, and I've had many eye problems where I've had to go in, and they've wanted to do that. And they just keep on trying and trying. And then eventually, finally, they just, like, give up. And I don't know if they've put down that they couldn't do it or if they put something fake on the chart. I've never been sure. Sometimes they look a little wily. I'm this, not sure. This woman has no eyes at all. <laughs> yes. So I suggest these glasses. <laughs> so, and there was a Supreme Court justice. Okay, so we don't have exact numbers anywhere. Um, he didn't necessarily confess to very many more that are known. But investigators do tell a Supreme Court justice uh, that probably the number of children that he had tortured and murdered was at least 15. So I think that's that's probably... That's a pretty good source, a Supreme Court justice. They don't lie a lot. And he asked, he said he got it from investigators. I, I, I would know. think they wouldn't be lying to a, a Supreme Court justice. Most of these people are lawyers, and I don't trust lawyers. Yeah, the Supreme Court, I don't know. So they, uh, they, they have an appeal, of course. Um, and the, uh, they list, in this appeal, 17 sexual quote-unquote perversions. It's just a list. It's just a list of 17 things that he liked to do. Dear Penthouse. <laughs> and I was just a simple Jesus freak. Yeah, it is absolutely bonkers reading this. And they're basically, they're trying to continue the insanity plea. But yeah, it is sadism, masochism, active and passive flagellation, castration and self-castration. Wait, wait, execution. active and passive flagellation? I guess that would be either flagellating yourself or... Oh, flagellation. I thought you or, meant like flagellation, like oh, farting. Oh, no, flagellation as in like uh, whipping oneself. Okay. Hitting oneself. Okay, that's fun. Exhibitionism, voyeur acts, pick your acts. Pick your axe. We're going like, to go chop down some trees. I like that one over there. <laughs> That's uh, jabbing sharp implements into oneself or others for sexual gratification. Quote from the book. Pedophilia, homosexuality, fellatio, cunnilingus, analingus, coprophagia, undinism. Those are both uh, uh, shit and piss, respectively. Okay. Fetishism, which is just kind of like, the, I thought that kind of feels like that's what all of these are okay. in, in a way. Yeah, yeah. Cannibalism and hyper-erotism. I would say I've I've done five of those. I'm not even. I'm not even. I'm just gonna move on. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is not one of those Facebook lists that I'm going to actually complete for anyone. Give us a five star <laughs> review. Let's see if you can figure out which five I practiced. <laughs> I don't think you can put those in iTunes reviews, dude. So uh, go to our Facebook page. No, our subreddit. <laughs> oh god well that would be a good place to put that yeah, yeah. I, I really would just it's gonna be horrible what um, are the five of those that i've practiced i'm not gonna be a moderator anymore <laughs> i'm gonna quit that um so this is how the appeal ends this is how dempsey ends the appeal quote albert h fish's insanity was disregarded by the jury undoubtedly through passion and prejudice his conviction proves merely that we still burn witches in america end quote good okay <laughs> if that's the kind of wish which that dismembers a child 
I'm kind of okay with that. Like, you know, Raven Silver Wolf? No, don't burn Raven no, Silver Wolf. Don't burn Raven Silver Wolf. Raven Silver Wolf is fine. She had our little witchy teenage selves all making spells and, yeah. you know, She's having fun. Fine. Sabrina? Sabrina's a good Sabrina, one. Absolutely. Yes. The, the ladies from Charm. I was just going to say, yeah. yes, do not burn them, please. Exactly. Uh, Sandra Bullock. Albert Fish. Wait, 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 no, wait, no, no, no. no, no. See, if we're talking like the witch from Hansel and Gretel who is actively eating children, burn the bitch. And I think in that case, it's probably somebody missed a chance to for a name for Albert Fish. Actively eating children. Yeah. Check. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> he hits that mark. So they up. That's one I will honestly say I have never eaten a child. So there that, we so go. So that's not on the... Yeah, cannibalism. Well, you've never eaten a child. That doesn't say anything I've about adults. I've never practiced cannibalism. Okay, good. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> don't do that maybe thing. You know how I am with cannibalism. Um, it freaks me the fuck out. And everybody I, always we, says they want to eat me. We, we talked we talked about that. Like, like I don't chew the nails, but I chew like this little bit like right here. But that's not the same thing. It's, it's, not, it's not the same yeah, thing. I disagree with that. Okay, fair I don't enough. feel like it. It's it, a it's light a form of cannibalism. It's cannibalism <laughs> light. So. Half the calories, all the trauma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, episode title maybe? <laughs> Um, so yeah, they, even, even, uh, five of Fish's kids, um, and, you know, psychiatrist, uh, D Dr. Wortham, the, the lawyer, they go to the governor trying to get the, the death sentence commuted and it is upheld. Good. And his last meal. Here it comes. Uh, it, it's a cheeseburger, a bacon cheeseburger <laughs> with grilled cheese sandwiches instead of a bun. And onion rings. Um, no, it's actually, he gets, he gets a, two last meals, a lunch I, and a dinner. I don't think onion rings would be part of it. I, I picture fishing, I want deep fried duck buttholes or something like that. <laughs> well, he does get, um, a T-bone steak for okay. lunch with the bone removed. Because Albert Fish had a habit of, uh, stealing the bones from any meat that he ate and then sh taking them back to his cell and sharpening them and then using that to carve into himself. And so they couldn't give him anything with bones in it. I still see no problem with this. Let let the fucker hurt himself. Yeah, at this point. Um, but they don't want to kill. Don't they don't want him to kill himself because they want that. <laughs> so, and then also you might have questions. You know, then there's if if if, if Epstein. Yeah, exactly. So and then dinner, uh, roast chicken, also bone removed. Uh, they're they're just not giving him any chances. And so on Thursday, January sixteenth. 1936. We should make this a holiday. Yes, we should. January 16th, it's fuck this guy day. Mm -hmm. Oldest man ever executed at Sing Sing at the age of 66. And 11.09 p.m., he was dead. His last words were, I don't even know why I'm here. There were rumors in later years that all the needles... Caused some uh, quite the show um, because electricity and metal, but it pretty much everybody was like, no, that's just that's just you know urban urban legend type it's situation. Crotch fireworks. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, he is dead, and um, the world honestly was a much better place uh, for it, and that's that. That is Albert Fish. Well, there's there one more? more little thing. Okay, there's there one always more is. little thing. Uh, let me just put down one thirty-six 
15. At a meeting with the reporters after the ex execution, Fish's lawyer, James Dempsey, revealed that he is in possession of Albert Fish's final statement. How do I not have this? Yeah. How do this, I not have this? This amounted to several pages of handwritten notes that Fish apparently penned in the hours just prior to his death. The journalists are like, tell us, tell us. We, no, give it to us. And he goes, no, I will never show it to anyone. It is the most filthy string of obscenities I have ever read. I'm not surprised. Yeah. That's exactly what I expected. Yeah. Oh. And honestly, I wouldn't want to read it. No. Don't care. No. Don't care to hear any more from the this, man. I think we've heard enough from from, from, from Albert... Albert Dick. <laughs> Norm Albert MacDonald. Hope he's in hell. Fish. Norm MacDonald has a great joke where he essentially does an abbreviated version of everything we just did over the past two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then he ends it with, so uh, this Albert Fish, what a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, that sums it up perfectly. Yeah, yeah. What a jerk. I mean, it seems seems tame for describing every, the man who did all the things that we just discussed over the last hour and a half. But, but yeah, yeah. It, there are no there are no words are no in words. the human lexicon. Yeah, we don't have them. That can in, there's no I'm I'm not even talking like English. I'm talking the human lexicon in all of history in all of recorded language. There is no words to encompass what this man did in a single sentence. The, I, I think the best word that I can use to describe Albert Fish is abomination. Abomination is good. Walking atrocity. Atrocity, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, I Yeah, I would say atrocity is a good one too. All right, I'm calling it. From, time of death. Yeah, from this moment on, the time of death on the Albert Fish discussion is is over and we will try not to mention his name again unless we absolutely have to which we just mentioned like seven other cases not seven that's an mm -hmm. exaggeration but i'm sure it probably will come up at some point in time but hopefully the memory will have somewhat faded and i'll have been to therapy a couple of times this this was a rough one i think this, this is our rough. roughest yeah roughest case ever maybe maybe a little bit the texarkana moonlight murders i think we were such sweet summer children when we did that one the fact that we were like oh this is so exciting. not to not to denigrate any you know of the the pain that any of those victims felt or their families or anything like that but this was children and cannibalism and everything this, this is a thing where with the texarkana moonlight murders you can kind of see how another human being can be so twisted and it's also, I think, the this. horror aspect of that. Right. The This is the, I want to puke aspect. This Albert, I want to puke and cry at the same time. Yeah, Albert Fish goes beyond what you would feel a human is capable of. And with that, we stop saying his we name. We stop saying his name. You can't eat Done. fish for a long time or salads. Um, so... <laughs> yeah, if you're a serial killer, please have the common decency to just have like a, a last name that doesn't ruin the dinner for us exactly especially a nice light dinner that's also full of protein absolutely omega-3 fatty acids so albert omega-3 fatty acids <laughs> oh gosh all right so i think we need a, a little a little i, I think actually i don't know do we need a palate ne cleanser of some sort next next week I oh think. next week yes next week's episode is going to be the palate cleanser you need oh yes. the palate cleanser we need i don't i think 
a teaser, but I'm not going to say exactly what we're doing. Okay. I'm going to tell people that uh, until our next recording, uh, in addition to doing my research, I'm also going to be practicing my old-timey gangster voice. Ooh. I don't know if I'll get to break it out. It depends on, because I was trying it the other night and it was, I was, I was not going well. So I'm going to have to like watch some YouTube videos or um, something. But I don't know. Let's see. You got to be a fast-talking high-pants boy from Muncie. See, there you yeah. go. There you yeah. go. That's what I need to, to, to work on. So, so yeah, that's all I'm going to tell you about our next case. And it, it's a, just a fantastic name. It's a beautiful name. A beautiful I name. I love it. I've yeah. been, I've been, I've been all week. I researched this. On Friday, mm -hmm. like the next day after, after we, we record on Thursdays. So the next day I started researching this immediately and I started making up new names yeah. for new gangsters <laughs> that don't even exist. Yeah. We'll have some, some of those for you next week. So, so yeah, um, that'll be our palate cleanser and, uh, we cannot wait for us. It's only three days until we record because we did a, a double header this week for you guys. It's a week. So just like think of rainbows and unicorns and kittens and stuff like happy stuff. Think think of your loved ones and you know be be glad that that everything's cool. I know? like he's now the Voldemort of old timey crimey. <laughs> yes, he shall not be named. So so yeah, uh, and also remember we have our Amazon wish list on which you can be a god to us. Buy us a book. We will do a deep deep dive, and you get to pick the topic, and we'll thank you profusely. Uh, there is also, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook, Old Timey Crimey there in both places. And the same with our subreddit. It's r slash Old Timey Crimey. And also, please, please, if I'm not going to say you enjoyed this, but if you found this interesting, uh, if it captivated your interest, just take a few minutes of your day, go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review there. We really, really would appreciate it. it. It will make our day, and it also helps us to be able to keep on doing what we do and, and traumatizing ourselves, which is so fun. And, you know, I got to pay my therapist bills. I mean, not that you're paying for that through an iTunes review, but whatever. <laughs> so, so yeah, iTunes, follow us wherever you follow podcasts, and uh, keep being good gumshoes. Nice work, everybody. I, I feel like we solved this one. Yes, yes. Good work, everybody. <laughs> All right. Let's go home. I want to go. I want to go home. I want to curl up in a blanket and I want to have a good cry. Yes, I think we'll all be doing that. I'm sure the reader, er, readers, the listeners were doing it through most of the episode. Have a good night, everyone. See ya.